either one of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? Caught my first tube this morning, sir. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. You're gonna jump with your god. I guess we just must have ourselves an asshole shortage, huh? Not so far. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kill the Cast Presents Jerry Hates Action. This is going to be a series where uh, we basically look at why I don't like action movies and try to figure out what I do enjoy about them, what I don't enjoy about them. Am I right? Am I wrong? Uh, It's all up for debate. So on this episode, I am joined by Kenneth, and we will be tackling two movies chosen by Kenneth, which is American Ninja 2 and Point Break. Uh, Point Break is the original 1991 uh, one, I guess. Because they're apparently, someone decided to remake that apparently. Yeah, and the remake, I mean, it was decent, but it would have been better if it wasn't called Point Break because it, there was the only thing that was similar to the original is one or two scenes of surfing and the character names. Everything else was not similar to it at all. Hey, sounds like it's the Meg. (laughs) Yeah. Well, fair enough. So American Ninja 2, The Confrontation, came out in 1987. And uh, it stars Michael Dudikoff Mm -hmm. and Steve James and other people no one cares about. Uh, okay, so I guess, let me just, let me just get right into it. Uh, so American Ninja 2 is about these two army rangers who have the most generic names possible, Curtis Jackson and Joe Armstrong. If that's not the blackest name and the whitest name you've ever heard of, well, then they were apparently could have went worse, but then it would have just been a racist. (laughs) So these two army rangers show up to some island where four marines have went missing. And um we start out with the scene of these of of these said marines which what I don't get is later on they say four but only three of them get taken so I guess one got taken somewhere else. Um and we see one of the marines uh, who is named Taylor, he doesn't get involved in the fight. He hides in the corner. And at first I was just like, how are you a Marine? Marines are supposed to be the best of the best. And you're hiding in the corner as your dudes get beat up. But later we find out why. We won't get into that yet. First we have to uh, understand. So ninjas are showing up and kidnapping Marines for some reason. So... The Rangers, Curtis Jackson and Joe Armstrong, show up to meet Wild Bill, which is their Marine CO. Um, He has a mustache. Um, He looks like if the gym teacher from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 was actually gay and joined the military. I don't think so, man. He kind of gave me the dude, the dude that played him kind of gave me a little bit of a Val Kilmer vibe. Yeah. 
funny enough, this Wild Bill guy is named after a G.I. Joe character and is actually designed like a G.I. Joe character. So there's that. So they find out Taylor is the guy who survived the, the ninja biker gang. And uh, he's nervous and he bites his thumb and he does not look like a Marine. So uh, while our two ranger boys get into a boat and go to an island they are invited to with some of the other Marines, our nervous Nellie Taylor uh, unplugs one simple cord from under the dash of the diving boat and then claims the engine is messed up. Hmm, this obvious trick is obvious. This uh, obvious trick is obvious. Yeah, this... I mean, it's pretty obvious. It literally takes uh, Armstrong, like, five seconds alone with the boat to figure out that, oh, dude, unplugged the boat. And then a bunch of ninjas show up. And here's where my first problem of this movie takes place. These are the worst fucking ninjas I have ever seen. They all suck. The ninjas in the Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie fight better than these guys. Uh, they are bad. They pose no threat. Also, you're a fucking ninja. It's ninjutsu. It literally means hidden. Don't yell when you jump off the rock to surprise your enemy. <laughs> what the fuck training did they put you through? Because that is just fucking awful. I, I, I'm just, I like, white man can't jump. No, white man can't jump without yelling, apparently. Yeah, well, man, I mean, like I said, when I picked this one, and the biggest thing that this has got going for me is the nostalgia factor, because I watched this when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, <laughs> the... It didn't matter how bad it sucked or anything else like that. It was just cool to see Ninja on the screen and to see, you know, the, uh, the guys in the black ninja suits and, and so on and so forth. And then when you get later further in the movie, you get to see them in different color ninja suits, which, you know, as well as I do, man, that, you know, you basically stated it a few minutes ago. You didn't basically state it. You flat out stated it. You know, Ninja means hidden. So, damn, for them to have different colored suits like red ones that stand out in the middle of fucking shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm trying thing. to figure out what's worse. Ninjas in bright red <laughs> or ninjas in uh, blue marine camouflage from surf ninjas attacking on land. Oh, and then, uh, dude, you, you, you I should have got you to watch the fourth one. Watch the fourth one. There's even more colors than just red and black. Oh, my God. This is not <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Okay? Yeah, you got, uh, I think you got red white definitely yellow blue <clears throat> and that's all the ones that I can remember off the so, top of my head but white ninja suits make sense but well in the if snow if you're in the snow just right. like a blue ninja suit sure that probably makes sense in the water during the day um but just red ninja suit like unless you're in the fire temple during a Legend of Zelda game, you don't need to be a red ninja. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I think you're right. If I would have saw this as a kid, and I'm pretty sure I, I saw one of these ninja canon movies at some point as a kid, I'm sure I would have been pretty thrilled with it. Though I think even then I would have called their fighting slow because 
Honestly, the Power Rangers fight faster than these guys. All of their punches and kicks and throws all seem really slow. Their throws all feel really sloppy. Like, it doesn't feel like like quickness. And I don't know if that sloppiness maybe gives it an air of realism. Honestly, I don't care in a movie where there's a bunch of white people dressed up as ninjas. Yeah, well, Michael Dudikoff didn't have any martial arts training at all when he did the first one. No. Oh, well. And so, so yeah. I mean, there is a little bit of there is a little bit of backstory to it. They just got him because he was athletic. That was it. You know, he didn't have any kind of yeah. any kind of martial arts. So, you know, that adds to it. But I agree with you. But like I said, I mean, you look at the difference between when I was growing up watching these movies and when you were growing up watching these movies. You are watching. When I was growing like up this. and watching them, I, I got to watch Ninja Turtles on Power Rangers pretty heavily. So like most right. of my martial arts came from those. So yeah, it was it was very different. Uh, I do want to give the ninjas credit on one thing: they make a fantastic ladder. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I that, that was the most was impressive thing. Cool. Otherwise, these ninjas look like they were fucking trained by SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick. And then later on, Taylor leads uh, Michael Dudikoff after after their their battle and you know whatever and uh, <laughs> on the beach and whatnot, which I'm gonna agree with Jerry. It wasn't the greatest in the world, but like I said, it's all about nostalgia. But one of the things that I just can't I can't help but notice is there was a spot later on in the movie, if you remember, where Taylor leads Joe Armstrong to the bar, and he has yeah. to go upstairs and see him in the in 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 one of the rooms. I don't know if you noticed this, but it looked like Joe was wearing a cup the entire time. Yeah, which, okay, so our first real fights, our first real fight scene involving the American Ninja was basically Goofy Ninjas versus Baywatch. Yeah. Um, also, I want, I, I'm not even done with this fight scene. A ninja sword broke through another ninja sword. Okay, first <laughs> of all. They're both the exact, they're they're the same ninja swords, okay? It's not like one is better than the other. Neither one of them look like they've done battle, so I don't think he hit in a certain spot to asunder the blade or something. That was just ridiculous. Um, What about the spear? When he throws the spear, and it's like three fucking feet away from Joe, but he still does this like dramatic turn like he just dodged the spear. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. All these. And, and like at it's one point. so cheesy. Like, like they're just catching arrows in midair and then throwing them back. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> also, uh, when they report this to uh, Wild Bill, uh, the, the not Wild Bill. But the other guy was, was like... The main old bastard? Yeah. One, I, one of them... I can't even remember who it was at this point. But someone was like, what the hell are ninjas? How do you not know what a fucking ninja is? Well, back then... Now, I don't... In, the, in, in 87, in the, you don't know what a ninja is? A, a dude, it wasn't as widespread as it is now. Like, you gotta dude, think, in the man, late the 80s, biggest... early 90s, it was all about ninjas. Yeah, but see, that was where it started. All that start, all that stuff started with martial arts movies in the eighties. Because damn, if this was right. the seventies, I'd agree with you. But no, it's even the late eighties, I'm telling you, even uh, in the eighties, no. because the biggest, 
martial arts thing that got got the biggest thing that brought martial arts to a re, to the regular everyday public was Bruce Lee in the early 70s. And then you got a gap again after that when Bruce Lee died after End of the Dragon. The only other thing that people knew was Kung Fu, that show. And so it kind of died off again. And then the martial arts craze started coming back. I mean, you still had movies like, uh, uh, you still had characters like Black Belt Jones and, 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 and some of the other guys. But the big heyday of it didn't really kick in until the early 80s. And then you had movies like uh, Bloodsport and shit like that and Kickboxer. But the ninja craze did not start until the late 80s. I don't know. I just feel like even in 87, he should know what a fucking ninja is. I, if you would have interviewed the cast of fucking Mama's Family, every single person on there would have known what a ninja is. I disagree. I disagree. I, I well, all right. We'll leave that one up to the audience. In 1987, is it okay for you to not know what a ninja is? And the same thing, you got to think about it, man. I mean, you think about you think about older people. I mean, not even just this character, but older people and stuff like that. You know, we didn't have the widespread of information that we've got now. And so, damn, if you didn't go see some of these movies, like with fucking Van Damme in them or something like that, the only thing you probably knew at the time was Bruce Lee. You know, the Japanese culture was not widespread back then. All that shit didn't, uh, the real major spread of Japanese culture didn't start happening until the mid-90s. I, I don't know. I still just find it ridiculous. But you might have a point. I, 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 can't, I can't beat you on that one, so I, I will concede to that. Uh, but what I, what I will say is um, the old guy is still an idiot because right after everyone is told by Wild Bill to keep this whole thing secret, the old sergeant goes out in public and yells at them about ninjas. <laughs> and clearly, clearly in front worst. of other fucking Marines. Right. And then that acting, you know what I'm saying? We sit there and, he, and it's just, it's, it's like close up focused <laughs> in on this dude. And, he, and he's like, he's trying to be so serious and whatnot. And I'm just like, you know, it's, I couldn't take it seriously. Like I said, he's so cheesy, man, but I love it. I uh, love it. And then I got to go to another scene of, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, you, uh, Taylor, the, the setup guy, uh, goes and calls someone and the, on the phone, whoever's on the phone says the blonde could almost be a, a ninja. The fuck do you mean almost? He whooped over 10 of your ninja's asses without breaking a sweat on a beach in the heat. Oh, he, yeah. He was. So what do you mean? Fucking almost. Is he not a ninja because he wasn't wearing ninja garb? Yeah, they definitely wasn't on Ninja Assassin level. That's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> so it's literally uh, the like they've been on this island for what two days. Uh, Taylor sneaks into uh, our American Ninja's room and he's like, "Do you know the Blind Beggar, bitch? I just got here and I haven't even Googled where the local Seven Eleven is at. And you want to know <laughs> if I know where the Blind Beggars? I didn't even realize the Blind Beggar." was a bar at this point. I legit thought they were talking about like this a known local drunk that hangs out on the corner and begs for money. <laughs> oh, like, see, oh yeah, you know where Crazy Ralph is over there by the diner. Just meet me over there at one. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Meet me at the blind beggar. But you know what? American Ninja knows things. So Arm Strong shows up there and uh, 
Armstrong shows up there and he does what he does best, which is really fuck up people's arms momentarily. And then where's the cup? Where's the cup? They where's the cup? He and looks like fucks he's up stuffing down in there just yeah. to make it look like so, he's got this giant cock and it just fucking it looks weird. I'm not even going going to go into the homoeroticism of action movies yet. Um, <laughs> especially ones that do not even try to balance it out with female nudity. Um, you barely get tiny glimpses of hot chicks in this movie. It is so uh, wanting you to focus on the ripply muscles of this fucking Apollo Creed knockoff. Um, anyway, so yeah, Armstrong starts fucking up people and he's cracking arms, uh, which apparently doesn't, I guess he just uh, like popping someone's knuckle. It's okay because one of the guys, he clearly cracks his arm, shows up later arm, like literally five minutes later when him and Taylor are up in the room with no problem to his arm. Well, he just slings that motherfucker, man, and pops it back into place, and he's good to go. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, like, Hero Ewing, Gundam Wing, just fucking pops that dislocated shoulder back in. Fuck it, let's go. Uh, so, yeah, then we go up to the room, and we have another fight scene that's just as boring as the fight scene we just saw. And <laughs> we, we learn the island... The lion owns Blackbeard Island. The lion owns the 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 island. If you can say that five times fast, you are a better man than me. Uh, so yeah, uh, Taylor is a dead man. But uh, let's also point out that these ninjas suck so bad that even Taylor heard them coming. Right. Once again, who trained these ninjas? I need to know. So we find out that uh, the professor owns Blackbeard Island, and uh, but no, this no, the no professor. I'm sorry. The, well, okay, you hold said on. it five fucking times, and then you can't remember. No, okay, five I'm sorry. They no, 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 no. Here's the thing. They okay. They they're not really clear on the difference between the lion and the professor because the the professor's daughter says that he owns the island. And that's what he built his lab there. He owns his island there. He was founded by the UN, the UN governments. But then it's but earlier it was said the lion owns the island. Who owns the fucking island? The lion owns the island. He apparently does now, but they tell you that first <laughs> and then 5 fucking minutes later they tell you the professor owns the island. They need to get their shit together. Um but anyway, the the lion who owns the island is a great man according to the local police authority, and uh, this is really starting to get on my tits. Tits? Uh, yeah. The, the Wild Bill says that this is really starting to get on my tits. 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 Um. So anyway, let's get back to the wacky hijinks, Kenneth, and make these Army Rangers dress as Marines. What? You're gonna make us dress as Marines? That was the stupidest fucking thing, but I believe it because I know if I. Went and told my dad, hey, you have to dress up like you're in the army. He might punch me. If I yeah. said the Air Force, he might murder me. That's the reason why I didn't bring it up. Because that, that's a very touchy subject. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was just like, okay. Um, but they get there. And uh, I want to point out that we uh, do get a scene of a ninja jumping without screaming. 
that does happen at least once in this movie. And I was very amazed. <laughs> uh, so we get to go see the, uh, the dance scene for this movie. Which has the super ninjas dancing. Or what looks like dancing. Um, and they start throwing shit. They're not even hitting the bullseye in the target. Like, they're throwing ninja stars and arrows and needles and shit. They're not hitting the center of the target. Are you talking about when they're doing their little demonstration? Yes, the dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, these are your super ninjas, and they can't hit the fucking target? That, uh, like, I'm sorry, they hit the target, but they can't hit the center of the target, which to me is not impressive. Uh, I could get Kenneth drunk, and he could bow and arrow and hit the target. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the point being, this demonstration is to show us that the super ninjas are amazing at sucking. Uh, because Scarface dude gets down there and literally just murders tons of them. So I, I, I'm like, what is the point of this demonstration? I'm not impressed. The You're point showing... of the demonstration above all, above anything else, whether they sucked at throwing the stars or shooting the bows or whatever, is that they were loyal and willing to die. That they would do basically what the, whatever they were told. So I have that written down that this is showing how loyal they are. But I also want to go, unless these are 100% built from the ground clones, because they're not really clear on that because they need to kidnap more Marines. You literally just wasted a bunch of fucking people. You could have made just two of them commit seppuku or something. Instead of murdering half of your fucking work. So this is also a, a pointless thing. They're not super ninjas. They're disposable ninjas. And they're, they're slightly maybe better than your regular ninjas. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I can't tell because if they're supposed to be clones or not. They're humans that have had uh, manipulated DNA inter- inter- injected in them. Uh, I can't rem- I can't remember how it goes because at, you remember at the end of the movie well maybe not even the end of the movie it was it was where the lion and the professor are going and they're explaining everything and they're talking yeah, about and, how and they've got the, guys the in the ones- tubes huh that scene where there's the guys in the tubes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. all right I I never was able to distinguish whether the ninja that were in there doing the demonstration were the same at the same caliber as the ones that they were trying to make. Okay, so I can answer that. Uh, they say that... Okay, so the ones in the tube are going to be the second generation. The second generation is going to be using DNA from the American Ninja. Right, right. And then when they said that they were going to replace their tendons with like high fucking uh, I, high quality... I thought they were maybe talking about whenever they get damaged, whenever they get like sliced open, we're just going to repair that shit with metal. No, 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 no. That's that's part of what they okay, were doing so, to make them more badass. So basically, they're making cyborgs. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. They and they just didn't have the money to to in the budget for that. Probably. Uh, it's a so, canon movie, man. There's only a few of them that really have a good budget. Yeah. Anyway, I also want to point out that uh, they state that the lion is about to ship five billion. And pure heroin to the U.S. Five billion in 1987. You should have just said five million. Five billion is way too much to try to do in one shipment to the U.S. 
That's a lot of fucking heroin. That is a lot. Expect like that's a lot of like holy shit. Why did you say five billion? I guess I mean I guess back then you you if your audience doesn't really know they're not gonna say anything. They're just gonna be like oh shit that's a lot of money. But I'm sitting here like holy shit that's that's overdoing it. That's like making ninjas wear red. Yeah, that's that's because damn in in the eighties, man, goddamn, five million dollars was a lot of money in the eighties. It ain't shit now, but it was a lot of fucking money in the eighties, yeah. man. All right, so I got to get to my next big problem in this movie. Uh, there's a scene where we get our flashback of how the American Ninja becomes that, and he's with his master. His master gets to wear pants, but he has to wear this thing that shows his ass cheeks. So I'm thinking his master might be a possibly a pedo or at least a Catholic. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. And I, I don't know if I'm going to have an argument with you on this or not, but um, Armstrong mentions he follows Bushido. Mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with that. I understand they probably threw it in there because they didn't fully understand what Bushido was. And uh, Yeah, there's a big difference. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, Bushido was the samurai thing. Yes, ninjas were created partly out of the need to do things that samurais would not do because of Bushido. Bushido is not interchangeable with code of ethics or morality. Bushido is a way of life with strict rules that developed over, originally were just a few guidelines that eventually became a very big honor thing. It's like a knight in the code of chivalry. Right, and the one at the top was to never, uh, no matter what, was to never, uh, never dishonor yourself by... Um, turning against your master, which your master being your emperor. Yes. Um, and the thing about ninjas are is ninjas is like a guerrilla warfare style right. thing where, yes, they had ethics and morality, but that was really morally on a pure uh, whoever you were working for basis or your own personal one. There was no set one for ninjas. So I have right, a huge yeah. problem with the gang sign throwing Armstrong, uh, who I'll give him. Those were some dope gang signs you do with your hands. I'm not 100% if that was Crip, Folks, Blood, or MS-13, but it was dope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got to, I have a huge problem with that. I was just like, you shut the fuck up. Anyway, uh, then we get another fight scene where we find yeah, out. Yeah, but that right there was basically, you remember when you asked me before this if you had to watch the first one? So yeah. to understand what was going on, and I was just like, no, you'll get flashbacks. There you go. Yeah. Also, I should probably have started with that. I have not seen the first one, or at least I don't know that I've seen the first one. There is a chance I have seen it because I feel like these are the kind of movies that show up edited on TNT late night in the 90s. So I've, I I might have seen it. Uh, it might have came on after Monday Night Raw's War WWF style. Um, I'm not sure. So anyway, we get another fight, and your super ninjas cannot beat marines that were beat up by drunk bikers. And you are trained super ninjas with swords, and you can't beat marines with swords? Marines don't know how to fucking use a ninja sword like a ninja does. It's not like they had a gun. I understand marines do get that fancy ceremonial sword, but that doesn't mean they should be able to beat a ninja with a sword. That's my biggest problem with this fucking movie. There is there is never a threat in this movie. At no point am I do I ever feel like the the good guys are are going to have trouble. I'll give it to them. They do kill two of the marines in this scene. 
Not that any of us know who those Marines are or really give a shit, except that we know that one's a black guy. Um, but it's just fucking... I'm just like, can you give me someone who's a threat? And they're like, okay, Jerry, we're going to give you Scar Guy. But <laughs> Scar Guy's going to get his ass beat again. But then Scar Guy pulls out a sawed-off shotgun out of his pants, which I'm like, that is the most modern ninja thing fucking ever to you know, me the, hiding you know, a, biggest... how did you hide that sawed off shotgun in your pants hey man he was good at it i think the biggest thing about the scarface guy that got me is for some reason he sticks a rope in his mouth towards the end of it do you remember um, that part okay so the only reason i i did and i was trying to figure out i was like okay is that a test i think he was trying to use it to uh get over pain like you know when they put something like put something in your mouth they're like bite on this for the pain yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was doing that. I, I, whatever. I thought it was stupid. But, the, but I mean, like I said, dude, when it comes down to it, you know, the biggest thing about this movie to me was nostalgia. That was it. Well, I loved this shit when I was a kid, man. I loved martial arts movies when I was a kid. I grew up with this shit. Well, let's finish going through the, the last couple of scenes in this movie before we get into overall thoughts. And then we can... Uh, wax nostalgia versus modern viewing. Uh, and trust me, there's not far long to go, guys. Because uh, the uh, imprisoned Marines, uh, who also, they were imprisoned. Shouldn't they be malnourished or something and not be able to fucking beat super ninjas? God damn it. Oh, yeah. um, so anyway, uh, Scar, sawed off Scar dude pulls the shotgun out of his pants, which is the coolest thing ever. But he still loses. Uh, professor guy kills lion guy with explosions. They all get out happy and, and all that shit. And uh, the best part of this movie is the fact that uh, the kid who gets paid to do things comes up to American Ninjas like, motherfucker, you owe me $5. You ain't leaving until you give me that. But then fucking American Ninja gives him a Swiss Army knife like it's some kind of cool thing. And I'm like, dude, that kid probably has fucking Rambo-sized knives hidden around. Are you fucking kidding me? But then the kid's all, like, excited for the Swiss Army knife, and I'm just like, really? It's I, because back then, Swiss Army knives were the fucking shit, man. Everybody wanted one. Yeah, I, I guess that was them pandering to an American kid audience, because I'm just like, there's no way this kid doesn't have a bigger knife. Uh, So I thought that was stupid. Yeah, but uh, a big Rambo knife ain't got all the cool fucking goddamn, ain't got a spoon and scissors and shit in it. Yeah, but you know what? I can't hold a fucking Swiss Army knife. And do the Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. This is a knife. I can't do that with a Swiss Army knife. I can't hold up the knife to you, Kenneth. A Swiss Army knife and go, Is that right, Rambo? I can't do that. So therefore, a Swiss Army knife is dumb. Uh, that's a movie we need to do. Yeah. Uh, so, this movie is is dumb. It's not as fun to me because... It's so hard to get excited about all the action when it's all seems super padded and sloppy and the ninjas aren't a threat and the dude just walks through them constantly. It has no edge. Also, it never answers what the fuck happened to Taylor's wife. Did she die in the explosion? She's never mentioned again. She was never saved. Even though fucking the American ninja was like, I can for sure help you. I'm the only one that can help you. You never even tried. Yeah, I'm assuming she. I'm, I'm assuming she was a crispy critter. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, 
Uh, so, Kenneth, you picked this movie for me. Um, so, it's time for you to wax nostalgia and tell me what it is about this movie that you like in in the face of everything I've said. Well, when, like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't know all the shit that I know now, obviously. So, damn, the fact that you see Ninja in different colored suits, as a kid, it was awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's like seeing the Ninja Turtles with different color bandanas. Instead of all red, you know, it, it was, it was just fucking cool. And damn, you know, you're, you, when you're a kid, man, you know, like, like when I was watching this movie, man, I was like five years old, five, six years old. So it's like, you know, you, you're not thinking about how fucking shitty the fight scenes are and, 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 and all the rest of that stuff. You're not thinking about that kind of shit. You're just thinking about the fact that you're seeing this dude and he's fighting Ninja and you're like, wow, you know what I mean? And you're, and you're just enjoying every bit of it and stuff like that. Cause like I said, I grew up watching martial arts movies and, and I was really in to the aspects of Ninja when I was a kid so anytime I got a chance, that goes back to what I was telling you earlier about how we didn't know back then the things that we know now. Like now you can hop on the internet and you can learn every fucking thing about the history of Ninja, what they did, you know, the fact that the suits were only a nighttime thing. Most of the time when Ninja went out during the day, they were dressed like fucking normal everyday people. Most of the tools were based off of fucking gardening tools, you know, shit like that. You know, most of their weapons were based off of gardening tools. And, and things like that. I didn't know all that shit when I was a kid. The only thing that I had that had any kind of information on Ninja was a fucking book that I wish I still had. I think it was called The Art of the Ninja. And damn, it was written by a white guy. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't even written by an Asian person. It was written by a white guy. And so that was the only thing that I had. The book was cool as shit. And it was the only one, only one that my parents could find for me as a kid. But damn... The only other time you saw shit like that, man, is every once in a while, if you picked up a black belt magazine, you'd find in the back where you could fucking order, you know what I'm saying, by mail, a ninja suit. That was about it. You really didn't have a whole have a whole lot. So the American Ninja movies, man, were the pretty much the only thing that we had other than like, you know, Ninja Turtles. That was pretty much <clears> it. And then we had movies like uh, fucking Enter the Dragon or, or, or Kickboxer or Bloodsport. You know, all those movies that had martial arts in them but didn't have ninja in them. Yeah, most, most of my ninja knowledge came from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, and a few NES games like Shinobi and Wrath of the Black Manta. Right. Um, and then you also had like Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Those was, were those were one of my favorite games. Still is to this of, day. Yeah, those are kind of my my knowledge of. But I so I decided that um, I'm gonna rate the movies, but I'm not doing a one through five or one through ten. I'm giving this a uh, a A through F rating to see if it passes or fails for me uh, as an action movie. Um, and this movie gets a D, uh, mostly because uh, there's one explosion. That was so unimportant I didn't bring it up. Because <laughs> uh, it really doesn't matter. Uh, none of the enemies are a threat. So it's hard for it. Like, at least if they were a threat, it would have been exciting. Most of the fight scenes are pretty lackluster and lame. The only fight scene I had kind of a good time with was when Action Jackson Curtis or Action Curtis Jackson, Curtis Action Jackson, whatever I want to call him. As an adult, he's probably my favorite character. He is awesome. He is <laughs> in his ripped marine suit, just 
throwing people around and popping off one-liners. I it like It's like sound. a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So, but all in all, I have to give this a D rating because it just, it just did not do it for me. And like, obviously it's going to be kind of hard for me to give high ratings, but I'm, but if it at least makes me feel like I watched an accomplished action movie, um, then, you know, it can at least get above a C, but this can't even get a passing C for me. This is E, this is an easy D. I won't give it an F because there were a few things I did like. Um, I was I didn't sit through an hour and a half of nothing happening, which would have been an F. So I, I give it a D for uh, American Ninja Two. Well, at least you gave it that, and uh, you know I can appreciate that you didn't give it a failing grade. But let's. Well, get... I mean, D is a failing grade. It's just not a. It it's. It almost made it. C is C. I, well, I don't know. Because C is kind of my middle ground. Well, you didn't kick it in the balls. Let's say that. Yeah, I didn't do that. Okay. All right. But, it's, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and go right to it. Let's get to the one where I, you know, American Ninja, American Ninja 2 is interesting and it's cool to talk about. You know what I'm saying? But I fucking want to talk about Point Break. Let's talk about Point Break. All right, we will be right back after this commercial break to talk about Point Break from 1991. So start thinking what I'm going to say about it. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. and Yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh wait, can we do it? underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool all right so our second movie is point break from 1991 this uh stars you know patrick swayze keanu reeves my boy gary Busey, Lori petty my other boy, John C. McGinley, because I love him. And uh, it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. No relation to uh, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess I need to get... In, uh, first of all, I want to say Keanu Reeves in this movie has bad acting. <laughs> Just from the get-go, his acting is bad. No. 
You disagree with that. You think his acting is good? I think his acting, I think the acting that he does in this movie fits the character. I mean, there's a couple of spots in the movie where I'm just like, okay, what the fuck was that for? But overall, I mean, the, the stereotypical thing that you get where everybody says that Keanu Reeves will never get out of that surfer Bill and Ted kind of thing. Well, it fits in this movie. You know what, though? I did not feel like he at, at any point uh, felt like a surfer dude. Every time he uttered one of those surfer lines or said, bruh, it made me cringe. It did hey, well, not work. It did not sound good. Reeves in this entire movie is one of the most wooden performances I have ever seen. No. I, yes, dude. Oh my god. I where hold on. Where's one of the things I wrote down that I was just like, this is really bad. Um, because I wrote less notes for this movie because like I was like, all right, he really said I'd like this one, so I, I was just like really focused on on like just watching it. Uh oh yeah, when he's on the phone leaving a message for Tyler and he's like, fuck, why can't I say what I really mean? That scene should have won a Razzie for worst acting ever. Like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of spots. Like there's this, uh, there's a scene where, um, and the thing we're not good. We're not doing a walkthrough through point break. If you're listening to this and you've never seen the movie. Okay. Cause everybody's fucking seen that movie. Except and me. You, <laughs> yeah. But if you haven't seen it and your American Ninja is a little bit more obscure, this one, if you hadn't seen it and you're listening to this podcast and sorry, <laughs> but there's a scene where right after they go through that whole thing where uh, where they raid the guys and, and, and uh, the the other agent, you know what I'm saying? It's fucking bitching at Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey because, you know, how could the guys have robbed the bank when they were in fucking Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, that's that that's that right after that where he's just looking down at the floor and he's like, shit, shit. And I'm like, what the fuck was that there for? Yeah, this movie constantly feels like it, it has a lot of, like, just unnecessary stuff. Um, this, yeah, the movie feels one, very overproduced to me. Like, yeah, which that is, one was probably the biggest one for me. That uh, was the one where I was like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, and there's just things in this movie that I just go, really? Like, uh, all of a sudden, these California surfers know about a college football player for the Buckeyes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Back then, that was a thing. I mean, it's not. I'm not surprised at all that you know you've got guys that are surfers and you know whatever. Because even if you watch this movie, the typical characters of surfers, these four guys are not your typical. They're not the rest of the stoners that you see in the movies just sitting out on the beach. They're not the same. And so they enjoy. They just enjoy surfing, you know, to the extreme. And and it is not a it does not seem like a very far fetched idea for me to have guys that fucking follow football and surf. I guess it's football not, does primarily happen during the off season for surfing. Right, and see, and you got the other thing. Whereas you and me are not into football. You know what I'm saying? At least I'm I'm not into football I'm at all. Absolutely not into football. Yeah, so we're not going to understand. That, but since I know people that are hardcore into football, I know motherfuckers, man, that goddamn you wouldn't believe could tell me shit that happened fucking 10 years ago in football. You mean my dad? Yeah, your dad's fucking all about college ball. Yeah, I literally, I only own 
uh, I own two football jerseys, a uh, college football jersey and a pro jersey. Both I got from my dad for two reasons. Um, one, uh, if you with that, you can go to a football party and football parties have amazing food. Wings <laughs> and chips and dip and all that. It's fantastic. Um, and two, you know what? I like football jerseys. I don't like watching football, but you know what? My Ravens jersey looks awesome. Right. Uh, so so, th- so those are the two reasons I have football jerseys. But they, they see that and that in itself. I mean, that'll pretty much explain it. You know, for them to know, for, for Patrick Swayze's character, for Bodie to recognize after a little bit, damn, Johnny Utah, that is not that far of a stretch for me. Yeah. So, uh, I think it was hilarious to see day for night scenes in a big budget movie. That was fucking just great. I was laughing my ass off. Um, which I understand it is probably really hard to film surfing scenes at night. It's not like I can truly blame them for doing day for night scenes, even though they could have just done early dawn scene or something and it still would have worked with the scene. What? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just because they're supposed to be doing the whole. It's supposed to be pitch blackout, even though you're you're right that it you, for the most part you can always tell when they're yeah. fucking filming uh, it during the daytime and bringing it down. Yeah. Also, this movie is is filled with like every possible cliche in the book, which makes it really easy to call everything that'll happen in this movie as long as you've seen. Other movies, especially the two movies that I feel uh, rip this movie off, which is 1995's Heat. Uh, holy shit, are they similar? And then the one that's so similar, it might as well be a fucking remake, The Fast and the Furious. It's right. literally the same fucking movie as Point Break. They just switched it out for uh, fucking car culture instead of surfer culture. I mean, and that's true. Hell, you know what's crazy? All right, there's a there's a scene. Damn it! I think it's the restaurant that uh, that what's her name? What, what's the chick's name in the movie? I don't know. Vin Diesel's sister. Not Vin Diesel. I'm not talking about Fast and Furious. I'm talking about Point oh. Break. What's oh, her name? Tank Girl. Yeah. What's okay? Whatever. Oh, what is her name? Oh, her name's Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. All right, the restaurant that Tyler works at. Is the restaurant that fucking damn Vin Diesel and uh, uh, Paul Walker ate shrimp at when he was telling him about Rice Wars. It's the same restaurant. They even had shrimp because that's what Keanu Reeves ordered was shrimp. That's what I'm saying. So oh, it's like shit. it was the same restaurant. So you're right. I mean, I'm not going to deny the similarities. But the thing about it is look at the difference. All right. Look at the difference between when Point Break came out in 1991 versus damn Heat and fucking Fast and the Furious. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Point Break was at Point Break was probably one of the first of its kind for that style of movie. Then, you know, it, it may not have been the first, but it's around. It's, 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 you in, know, are I'm you saying? talking about in the sense that it took the undercover agent thing and put a new spin on it? Right. Okay. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Agree. Versus now, where it's every fucking where. Yeah. So imagine what it would have been like to see this movie then, if you hadn't seen all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I hadn't. So, like, it was clear that Patrick Swayze was the robber, and the other asshole servers are a clear diversion in the plot. Um, 
And then, and there's a lot of little things that annoyed me in this movie. Like the dude right during the raid, the, the neighbor continues to mow his lawn the entire time, even though gunshots are going. And I'm sorry, he would have heard shotgun shots over his little tiny mower. I don't know, man. Cause inside the house, but, and I, and I know this from personal experience, shooting a gun inside of a house, you really cannot hear it outside. It sounds like it doesn't even, it's not even as loud as a firecracker. Okay. Well, you know what? I will have to concede that argument to you because I do f- trust your opinion on guns. So I'll give you that and I'll, and I'll, I'll take that away. Um, but of course we have the wrong guy undercover officer cliche where he, bu- he, the people he thought he was going to bust turns out there's someone else being undercover there. That one is a cliche that's been done well before this movie. <laughs> okay, but let me ask you: When Anthony Kiedis shoots himself in the foot, oh, the dude from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh huh. When he yeah. shoots himself in the foot, that was pretty funny. I get <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and, and to be fair, that. he just wanted to erase his track marks before he went to the doctor. <laughs> And the look, the the scream that he does when he shoots himself, yeah. that's probably one of the best things in the entire movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was awesome. Well, and then when they're trying to fuck with it, he's like, no, don't touch it. I like the I like the lawnmower scene where fucking Keanu Reeves' face is like right at the lawnmower and then Gary Busey shows up and saves him. Did you, did you get this thing when you're looking at Keanu Reeves' face, like when they've got that close-up of, of right, right when his nose is, looks like it's about to go on the blade, and he's almost like, all right, fuck it, I give up. <laughs> you know, he's just, I saw that in his face. Like, he's just like, he's yeah. holding on, and you can almost see like he's just going to, in a couple of seconds, if if he hadn't got there, he was just going to give up. And let I really face. wish he would have given up so he wouldn't have been in a, a bunch of uh, action movies with wooden acting. <laughs> It would have been great. Uh, like, how do you make Gary Busey look like a good actor? At the end of the day, Gary Busey is like the second best actor in this movie uh, as for acting wise. And that's behind John C. McGinley because he's just absolutely perfect in everything he does. Dude, fucking Gary Busey was great in Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll give you that. He was awesome in Lethal Weapon, and I actually really like him in Silver Bullet. I'm actually a big fan of Gary Busey, and I constantly make jokes about Gary Busey's teeth uh, being in Silver Bullet. I told you that story about when we met him, didn't I? Yes. Uh, you <laughs> Just did. for the fans out there, we I was at uh, Days of the Dead, and Gary Busey was there. And he and and you know my kid's mom and I we were there together, and we had Jade, our our daughter. And she was in Jade was in the in the uh, in the stroller and Nikki was leaned over messing around with Jade, like helping her with her passy or something like that. And Gary Busey just walks right up and gets a big old feel of Nikki's ass. And at first I was just like, what the fuck? And I turned around and it was Gary Busey. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. It's Gary Busey. You go right ahead, dude. Gary Busey, uh, please. I know you listen to the the show because you're a huge fan of the show, even though it's it's only its first episode. Please be careful because uh, you can't do that nowadays. And I would say they ruin your career, but it's already ruined. But I just don't want people to talk bad about you or your teeth. Hey, the bad thing is, man, is damn Gary Busey probably if it hadn't been for that motorcycle accident he was in, dude. Yeah, I love Gary Busey because I thought he was great. I did too. You know, and uh, then uh, what was what was the other dude? Fucking damn, John Cox. C. McGinley. Cox. 
Yeah, Dr. Dr. Cox, Cox. I fucking love him. Just if he's in something, I'm all about it. <laughs> that's what, that's another reason why I thought you'd like this. Is the moment yeah. you saw him, I was just like, Jerry's it, gonna love that. It brings a joy to my heart. His his timing is some of the greatest timing ever. No matter if he's giving a serious line or a comedic line, his timing and acting is just fucking flawless. I've yeah. never seen him act in a way that I was like, that was terrible. No, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, he, he is just fucking wonderful. I mean, that whole scene where he's yelling at him in the office. Oh, it was that just is great. Fucking superb, man. I love it. Um, so I also want to say, uh, it was actually funny cause I've had this happen before. So I was calling that right before this happens. I'm like, uh, him and Tyler get Keanu Reeves and Tyler get woken up to go surfing. And I'm like, Oh great. He's going to go out here and someone's going to lose their shorts and he's going to see the tattoo on the ass. And that's going to make him figure out who it is. Um, and then they go surfing and he sees someone ask, but I can't see if it's close enough to see the thank you part. I don't think it was there. I, I don't think it was there. So I was like, okay, slight point off, but I'm still saying I called this. Because literally right after this, he goes and has his talk with Gary Busey where he's like, it's them. Right. Um, like and- I said, man, I mean, damn, that's uh, that's the point that I'm trying to make. I mean, it with all the tropes that you saw, you know, the, that's one of the movies that created the tropes. Yeah, because then we get the Fast and the Furious trope of missing on purpose and he doesn't shoot. Uh, Patrick Swayze's character in the mask after he's forced to to go skydiving and then robbing a bank. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that was about to. He, uh, him and Gary Busey uh, are stalking a bank that they know they're gonna hit. But Gary Busey wants these meatball subs so bad, and he's loving Calvin and Hobbes so bad, he misses them pull up and come out with uh, their president's mask. Can't blame Gary Busey there. Calvin and Hobbes is one of the greatest comic strips to ever live, if not the greatest comic book strip to ever show up in a Sunday's newspaper. I really would like to try one of those meatball sandwiches. Uh, Those meatball sandwiches uh, looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, So they miss it, and Keanu Reeves chases him, and I'm glad they did show Keanu Reeves hurt his knee to go back with why he mentioned it earlier. I'll give them that, that they really do set up a lot of things perfectly. All right. What about the chase scene, man? When they're running that fucking chase scene was awesome. There was no parkour or anything like that. It was just them running through the fucking neighborhoods. And man, when the cameras are following behind them, I mean, just if not anything else, the cinematography on that chase scene was fucking great. And I will bring up, like you said, no parkour. The realism of the chase scene was also really good. Neither one of them were doing things that I felt like they couldn't do as surfers slash football players. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, to me, that was probably one of the best running chase scenes that uh, has ever been filmed. It was awesome, you know, for realism. Because now, you know, you see shit like... Like, uh, don't get me wrong, it was awesome, but at the beginning of Casino Royale, where, you know, you got uh, you got Bond chasing the other guy, and you got all that parkour shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was awesome, because that, that movie probably is what put parkour really hardcore into the film industry, but it wasn't realistic, and this shit was realistic, and I, like I said, that's probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I, I do think one of the things Heat really takes from this movie is the two things, the relationship between Keanu Reeves and Patrick uh, Swayze's characters and the realism of everything. Um, so, of course, we uh, Tyler then finds out that um, Keanu Reeves is a FBI agent and they break up and we get one of the worst scenes ever filmed of Keanu Reeves acting. But you got to see Tank Girl's ass for a split second. You did get to see Tank Girl's ass for a split second, and no one can complain about that. Um, so, uh... Isn't the actress's name Lori Petty? Yes, it is. <laughs> that just came to me. Uh, I would like to just come to her. Uh, I hear you. So, uh, Patrick uh, shows up and basically kidnaps him without kidnapping him. And take some skydiving, and I and it was it's it's an interesting thing because it's basically, uh, Bodie's think believes that this will clearly bring him onto their way of life. This is an experience that will change him. Hey, and, but and, th- and there's another thing that I want to bring up. You you know you talk about Keanu Reeves as wooden acting. But at the same time, in that scene where Bodie comes in and he's helping Keanu, like, fucking get his socks and all that shit to take him out, Scott Ivan, you can clearly see just from the emotion in his face the confusion of whether, damn, maybe I wasn't right. He's still he's still on edge, like he's trying to get his gun and whatnot. But there are a couple of moments there where he's where you can see the confusion in his face where he's like, was 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 that really that him? may be something i'd have to catch on a second rewatch because i didn't feel like any confusion of did he do it i felt it was more of him trying to figure out what's their play are they going to kill me here and now are they taking me somewhere to kill me i didn't i didn't get any but even if you look at it that way the same thing i think keanu reeves portrayed confusion no matter whether you take it your way or i take it my way did the portrayal of the confusion without really having a whole lot of dialogue in that scene yeah he had the same same look on his face when you pretend to throw the tennis ball for a dog and they're trying to figure it out i agree he he had that down Um, but the dog is genuinely trying to figure it out versus keanu reeves having Keanu Reeves, I believe, in this movie was generally trying to figure out if he should continue acting. Uh, so His acting is not that bad, dude. It's fucking... In, dude, it is bad, especially considering all the good acting in this movie from people that are no-names. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 all right, and there's something else that I want to bring up real quick before you go into the next part is... Uh, and I may have said this to you before, but I can't remember. Did you notice that when, damn, he's sitting there and uh, Keanu Reeves is telling uh, is telling Gary Busey about when he followed the guys that day and where he followed Bodie Go and one of the places was Patrick's Roadhouse? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patrick, yeah, the Roadhouse reference. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Want me to blow your mind even more? Sure. Uh, I didn't get time to do proper research, but uh, I, I did look at a few things. One of the things I saw was that there is an actual place called Patrick's Roadhouse in that area that they could have actually have went to. That's great. Yeah. Of how that works out. That's uh, pretty awesome. So that I thought that was that was actually funnier than the obvious <laughs> uh, reference. Um, 
Also, funny enough, there were other actors uh, who were supposed to play Keanu's role that didn't get it. Uh, In fact, one person turned it down. And that one person is in a movie I referenced earlier in the uh, American Ninja 2. Who is it? Uh, I'll give you a hint. He was in Boondock Saints. Norman Reedus? Uh, No, think a better actor. Sean Patrick Flannery? Think I think a better actor. Willem Dafoe. Yes. Really? Yeah, he he got offered this role and he uh, turned it down. I can see Willem Dafoe turn it down this role. Funny enough, Patrick Swayze also uh, actually auditioned for uh, Keanu Reeves's role. Yeah, but um, didn't they, it wasn't it, that one was part on part of them? They thought that he would do better as Bodie. Didn't correct, they? and so yeah. they switched into Bodie. And two other people that applied for this role was Johnny Depp who I do think would have worked and uh, Charlie Sheen, who I do not felt would have worked. I don't think Charlie Sheen would have worked. I don't know about Johnny Depp, man. I, at the time, maybe Johnny you Depp know, can do everything. Even his bad acting is better acting than Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah but I, I'm just saying like, I don't know, man, because Johnny Depp has got his own niche. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, yeah, but he's done. But you think of him in Blow. Think of him in. Um, That's what I'm saying. The movie I mean, he maybe. did with um, uh, Pacino, where he did Undercover. Right, um, 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 Donnie Brasco. Yeah, um, I'm thinking more along the lines of like Nick of Time. Do you ever oh, see that? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that movie. That's what. That's got, the, Nick so of time yeah, and Gate kind of situation. In the earlier bits of his career, yeah, but now. Or some of the way he acts now. I mean, I know he's an old man or whatever. Okay, but. well, no, but we need to think of this in the in the presence of 1990. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. So that that like yeah, now hell no. Uh, hell, every- Keanu Reeves could do this role again now that he's a slightly better actor. I think, man. Yeah, and the fact that he really it's he, he doesn't age that much. He really doesn't. He's a goddamn vampire. I mean, um, he still looks. Uh, I mean, like you look at the difference between him and John Wick versus damn Point Break, and you can clearly see aging, but not a lot. Yeah, it's mostly in how he got uh, to. He's got like slightly Wolverine better aging. acting skills. Yeah, he's got like Wolverine aging. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so one of my favorite lines in this movie is Johnny, you're gonna jump out of a perfectly good airplane. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, I like the whole, and I love the whole backpack switching scene because like it's they're true like keanu reeves is trying to figure out are they fucking with me is you know because i don't i i think they're giving me a bum bag but then they just switch out all these bags were they smart enough to try to like actually plan this out or know which bag he had to end up with or what like that scene is actually one of the better scenes in the movie are we gonna fucking jump or jerk off yeah, uh, <laughs> that was actually a really good scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie. The uh, short-haired guy in the in the ex-presidents, the one with the short hair. He's actually he was really a surfer. Uh, yeah, one of, and one of the other guys in the dead presidents was yeah. a surfer. I think it was the younger one. Yeah, the, the younger that, long-haired uh, guy. And I think he's the one that died of a drug overdose before he actually made it to twenty-five. I read a thing where one of them didn't make it to twenty-five, which is how old Keanu Reeves character was. And there's a whole joke in the movie about it's you're never too, uh, don't you think you're too old to learn how to surf now? And the one guy died of an overdose before he could actually, before, uh, before the age of 25. 
Which is crazy because you remember the uh, there was one dude in there that said, I'm not going to live to see 30. Yeah. And I wonder if that was the same one. Mm, I wonder. Probably cursing to yourself. Much sublime. Yeah, All right. Um, so then the di- we we've got the d- skydiving scene, which feels very reminiscent of the Lost Boys. Um, the whole that that whole thing was very Lost Boys to me. Would you go skydiving? Yeah, if I fucking if I if I if that ends up bad, I just die. No, I mean if I, yeah, if I paid for it, would you go? Uh. Yeah, probably. Um, Because, like I said, if that fucks up, you just die. Yeah, we're going to put that on the bucket list, sir. Me and you going to skydive. So, yeah, I'll do that. Um, Yeah, we're going to go. So, after they uh, land and give enough material for the opening of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to steal, (laughs) uh, they find out that uh, one of the assholes from the group kidnapped Tyler. He's the one that you don't see that often. Rosie. Rosie, yeah, who likes to put his boot in campfires for some reason uh you could tell he's the muscle yes 100 percent. so uh fast forward a little bit to a bank robbery that goes bad because Bodie had to go against his normal rules for how they've been getting away from this stuff because he got too greedy because he was pushed this time by having an fbi agent uh, he's obviously starting to lose his cool and lose his nerve. And um, you have people actually dying. Uh, one of the guys dies from the fucking... One of the guys dies... The youngest guy, he dies inside the bank. Yeah, he gets shot in the neck, I think. Yeah, and then I, and then Bodie also kills an a off-duty police officer. And then one of the other guys gets shot. But he lives for now. To Bodie's credit, though, that fucking damn pol- off-duty police officer was a cock. You know what I'm saying? You even got the other guy being like, no, no, don't get up. Yeah, you actually, know the, the, security the undercover guard. officer got the security guard killed. Right, that's what I'm saying. If he'd have just laid on the fucking ground, nobody would have got shot. Correct, because no one was opening fire. If someone would have opened fire, I'd be, I'd be a little different about it. But no one was opening fire. Fucking get over it. Either way, so... Keanu gets arrested, but then Gary Busey knocks out John C. McGinley, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. And uh, Keanu Reeves goes and chases them down, gets put in the helicopter with them after Gary Busey dies. Fuck you, Keanu Reeves. That is 100% your fault. <laughs> um, and they get on the airplane. And now, you, Kenneth, I wrote down something here that I don't know if I have the full right to say because i have not seen the movie but now i'm really going to watch it because i i wanted to watch it before we did this after seeing this scene um keanu reeves jumps out of a plane without a parachute okay mm-hmm. and yet you think the movie frozen is stupid <laughs> okay. I, I just want to point that out all right uh, where how are you blinking these two together uh, you, you in Frozen, you said uh, people make dumb decisions they would never actually ever make. Jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. It's is because one he was. Of those it's, decisions. it's because the biggest thing that the reason why he did it was because it wasn't just because he was going after. 
but he was worried about the fact that he wasn't going to get Tyler back. I, I, I understood that. Here's the thing. Uh, two of his friend, two of Bodie's friends died while they were loading. I am almost fucking positive, and I can't prove it, unfortunately, unless I go back and watch scene by scene, that there was another uh, parachute pack on that airplane. I can't I'd have to go back and I'd have to. You'd have to go back scene by scene to try to even figure it out. But Mm -hmm. I still think roll the dice probability here. There's another parachute pack on that airplane. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. I mean, I guess it was just for the interest of the scene. But it was grab the gun instead of the parachute. I get it. I mean, but the same thing. I mean, you know. Uh, if you if you really want to break it down, I mean the whole the whole time the only thing that he was thinking about was Tyler. He at that point he wasn't even he didn't give a shit whether fucking Bodie got away or not because if I, Bodie if Bodie had a called up there, you know because if, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a spot where he, where fucking Bodie was talking to Rosie or something on the he plane? He was talking to Rosie. Um, and, he and, was like, and, "Meet us here, here, here," and then he doesn't tell her to release Tyler, and then he jumps right. Um and uh it's because there's it, like a time frame yes but right. the literal the the fucking 30 seconds it would have taken him to at least check for a parachute yeah but, it doesn't take but, long to put on a parachute yeah but you got the time to put it on you know because I, it doesn't just strap it doesn't just strap around your arms and your waist it straps around your legs too i understand that i still think even if we would have half put on a parachute pack it's it would have been better than jumping out without a parachute. I just think, in general, an FBI agent would not have just jumped out willy nilly. He is smart enough to at least understand. Because honestly, in the plane, the main thing I would have been doing as an FBI agent was scanning for extra parachute packs, so that I could chase them if they didn't bring me along. I just don't think the logic in this scene regardless of I have to go chase my girlfriend of a week like just does like I, I, I just to me that was fucking stupid maybe I don't know I, I, and like I said I mean I can't really argue with you on that other than the fact of you know giving you the examples that I've already given you know um, of I, him I mean because we can't see whether correct. there was possibly one in there or possibly one not whether he made the right decision or anything. All I know is that what the the reasoning that the fucking movie implies of why he jumped out without it. Yeah, this is an example of there's no winning between us because there's no real way to prove either one of us right or wrong. Right. Um, and because both I of our have... sides are opinions, and they're both based with pretty good logic that the movie's given us behind it there there is enough case to say that oh he's an fbi agent he would have already been looking for the stuff he would have been going that route at the same time he's obviously crazy in love with this chick and has become more of an adrenaline junkie and risk taker that he probably would have jumped out without a parachute right and 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 you know you're on the you're on the side of the spectrum where you would assume that he would look around i'm on the side of the spectrum where if uh, he knows that there's not one or he just doesn't give a shit yeah, it's very it's very hard to say. Um, so uh, he goes down there and he drops the gun so he can pull the parachute. Which the other thing that bothers me in this movie is the talking while free falling. 
Um, yeah, I would imagine that that probably isn't possible. But then I again, actually watched an episode of MythBusters where they tested that out, and it is almost impossible to have a conversation while free falling. How fast are you moving when you're doing that? Did uh, they say? In, did they say? They did, but I don't remember. I just remember them saying you can't actually do that. Uh, though they did prove you could you could catch up because I think I guess they were emulating this movie because they had it where someone jumped off free falling. And then someone jumped off later chasing them and they were able to catch up because if the other person is flat where they have tons of wind resistance and the other person is coming down like a torpedo with less wind resistance, you can 100% catch up. Oh yeah. That's totally, that's totally possible. Um, they do shit like that all the time. Skydivers do shit like that all the time. Yeah. Um, a person at has a terminal velocity of about 200 miles per hour when balled up and about 125 miles per hour when their arms or feet are fully extended to catch the wind. So if you're out Ooh. in the X thing, you're going at about 125. If you are, I would imagine if you're fucking shooting out like a torpedo, you're probably running at about maybe 180, 190. So I can agree to that. And with that, with that being the case then i would completely agree with it being difficult extremely difficult if not impossible to talk because i know it's possible to talk to somebody when you're going through the wind at about 80 85 because i've done it yeah you know what i'm saying with somebody on the back of the bike at 80 85 miles an hour with the wind going by it's not that difficult to talk to somebody but yeah, but it's a different when we're talking 150 yeah, at 150 miles an hour, I imagine you're probably right. Yeah. But, you know, it's a movie. So, uh, <laughs> the movie, we get to uh, the movie's end after, you know, of course, Keanu Reeves gets Tyler back and all that blah, blah, blah. And fucking Swayze drives off with Rosie. Uh, we get to Australia. There's a big storm. And Utah shows up. And he is... Going to the beach and he's asking people, is anyone going out there? No one's going out there. It's a crazy storm. It's the storm of the century that was talked about earlier. Uh, the 50-year storm thing. Once again, good job, script writers. I'll give you that. Um, so he shows up there and he throws the mask down at uh, Bodie's feet. And they start doing their jibber-jabber. And uh, they start fighting and Keanu Reeves handcuffs them and the Police are showing up, and then we get in. We've got on one hand Reeves talking about how he has to pay for what he did. People he trusted died because of him and his actions. Uh, he's got to pay for, for what he did. And on the other side, we've got Patrick Swayze as Bodie say, I lived for this to catch this wave. I need to go out here. It's my destiny. I've got to get on this wave. So. Uh, I well, during this conversation, I wrote, "He better not let him go to that wave. He does not deserve that wave." According to what uh, Keanu Reeves' character has said, I mean, and you know, the only reason why I let him go is because he knew he was going to his death. But it's bullshit. He, you can't literally sit there and act like he's a bad person who does not deserve anything. But hit, but going to jail, and then let him have his own way out, just because you learn something from his way of life. He still is responsible for one murder and multiple deaths by association. 
That's the only and, thing. I, that's the only and, way that it's I can just argue a it. bullshit ending to me. It's just it's literally Utah going, hey, you know what? Fuck it. My partner died, and you know your friends died because of you. You know, and and two innocent people died because of you. But you know what? Fucking Brody, you're a good guy. You go out there and die the way you wanted to die, the way you intended in your brave and way. You deserve it. No, fuck that. It's a shitty ending that's written to be fucking nice and poetic and make Keanu Reeves' character seem like he has um, escalated into a a higher understanding of life because of his time with Bodhi where his cliche ass then walks away and is like, he's not coming back. And then he throws his fucking badge into the sand like goddamn dirty Harry. He's already did done this whole fucking thing. And then he walks away and the movie fucking ends. Fuck this movie for not having the balls for Keanu Reed to look at Bodhi and go, Bodhi, people died because of you. You don't deserve that wave and taking his ass to jail. And I think, you know, I think the, the whole throwing away the badge and shit like that, even though, you know, you're absolutely right about the dirty Harry thing. I, I, I think it's, I think it was what it was implied is that damn Keanu Reeves was knows that what he did was fucked up and that, you know, he, he, he's just like battling with himself, I guess about what he did, even though it was fucked up. But at the same time, I mean, I think that, uh, I think it, he was just like, well, he's committing suicide anyway. Fuck it. Let him go. Yeah. It's just, I mean, literally it's the same thing. It's basically the same ending that you get in devil's advocate. Uh, Keanu Reeves loves this ending. Cause he just seems to jump on the scripts that have this fucking ending. But the crazy uh, thing about it is, is damn, all right, they're talking about 80, 90-foot fucking damn waves. I saw a video of a surfer riding an 80-foot fucking wave the other day. Holy shit. Dude, if I can find it again, I'll fucking send it to you. I was like, because it, it was close up, you know what I'm saying? Like, the video was close up, and you see the guy riding the wave, and then it backs out, and you see how fucking big it is. And I'm like, if that fucking thing crashes on that dude, he's going to die. Yeah, I don't think it's a guarantee that he fucking dies out there. I, I, I guess don't. we'll never know because they never and made I feel a sequel. like, yeah, I feel, you know what's funny? I actually read that um, uh, they did want to leave a slight open ending to it to make a sequel. And even though this movie did really well in the box office, they scrapped the, the sequel. I'm actually surprised at that, to tell you the truth, because fucking, you're right. This movie did great. Uh, dude, this movie on the rental scene went fucking crazy. It was one of the most rented movies of the early nineties. Right. And, and, and so damn, I think, damn, this movie was fantastic. I mean, I, th- I think it was awesome, especially for the time period that it came out because we didn't have the constant fucking tropes at the time. Cause I remember seeing it, you know, I, how old was I the first time I watched point break? Hell, I was probably, the movie came out in 91, and 91, I was fucking seven. Um, uh, well, I was, what was that, eight? Eight? I was eight. And, damn, um, I think I saw it when I was, like, ten. 
And so for me at the time period, I hadn't seen all the shit that I've seen now, like fucking Fast and Furious and all the rest of that. So it was definitely, it was a different experience seeing it then versus seeing it now. Yeah, you know and I can I mean? get behind that. Like, it definitely, like, I can, while I'm seeing tons of similarities between this and future movies, I can understand when those are future movies and not this movie, where this movie did a lot of things. Uh, not the first time that Keanu Reeves played a character. Well, this was the first time that Keanu Reeves played a character that played for the Buckeyes. He would do that again in The Replacements. He right. seems to do a lot of repeating things. Um... But yeah, so let's, so that's the fucking movie. Let's get into our overall. Um, I do believe this movie heavily inspired Heat. I do believe this movie, uh, that Fast and the Furious is basically just a ripoff of this movie. Keanu Reeves acting in this movie is fucking uh, pretty bad. Busey and McGinley are just a fucking delight. Um, everyone else is decent. I don't really have any problems with anybody else's acting besides Reeves. Um... The storyline um, is basic to me now, but I want to leave that asterisk in there that in 1991 when it came out, or if I had at least seen it at a younger age before I saw certain other movies, that I would probably be more impressed with the story. What I am impressed with is that they do actually use their callbacks uh, to play into the story in ways that actually matter. And even though I hate the ending, and I think the ending is just fucking atrocious, um, almost as if it's a cop-out ending to me, um, I re- I just, I don't, I just don't, uh, okay, I, rating-wise, and I think, I, I think, I think you'll be satisfied with this, I would give it a, a, a C+. Plus. I think you should give it a B, if not for anything else, a fucking hot naked chick beating the shit out of somebody coming out of the shower. You know, that was cool. I'm not going to act like that wasn't cool. (laughs) But uh, I will say, I feel like this movie is kind of lacking on action. And IMDb should take action from the first thing it has listed as its genre. And maybe move crime and make it crime drama action. Uh, Not a lot of action. That's the crazy thing, because you remember when I was having a conversation with you about doing it, that the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, I don't know if this is really an action movie. To me, this is a crime movie. Right, that's what I'm saying. But a lot of crime movies have action. Uh, Like, if you look at the later on 1995 Heat, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of gunplay, a lot of shit like that, and and that's what makes it an action movie also. Uh, The fire scene in Point Blank is really good. Point break. What did I say? Point blank. Point blank. Oh, sorry. I mixed it up with Keanu Reeves' uh, face. Uh, uh, his his point blank face throughout this fucking movie. But that was pretty cool when he's damn turns the fucking gas pump into a flamethrower. That was pretty cool. That shit was pretty boss. Not gonna. I don't know how realistic that was, but it but it was boss enough that I didn't give a shit. I sent you a video of that surfer, by the way. Yeah, I know. I just, I just can't watch it on the show. Uh, I'll watch it afterwards. No, I wanted, I wanted everybody to hear your reaction. Uh, okay. Uh, well, then, uh, while I, I, I watched it, it was only thirty seconds. Kenneth, give, tell the people what you think of Point Break. I think Point Break's amazing. I think it's great. You know, you might be right. There might be a couple of, uh, 
there might be spots where Keanu Reeves' acting wasn't the greatest in the fucking world, but then again, you know, he really didn't have the chops that he's got now. And a lot of people don't even think his acting is great now. I do. I think you really, like, for as much work as he's had, you can really see how his how he's become seasoned over the years. Um, but I think, I, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a staple for the early 90s. And I think that, you know, anybody that really is into cinema from around that time period should watch it, whether they like action movies or crime dramas or whatever it is. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I watched your video. Uh, that is insane. Yeah. That thing, not only do they, like, pan out so you can see how big it is, but once they stop the slow motion and you see how fast he's going, ooh. I mean, dude, that shit looks like, it's CGI. It doesn't even look real. And that motherfucker fucking broke the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest wave written. Yeah, he had to go out there and be like, I'm either going to come back a legend or I'm going to fucking die a failure. Yeah, because that's, that's fucking nuts, dude. Uh, and I think that's honestly somewhere where this movie lies. It, it, if you watched it in the time, I think you saw it come out a legend. If you watch it now for the first time, I think you might see it as, as dying a very brave death. It it really tried, but I'm not going to bump it up to a B. I will stick with my C+. Plus. Um, I, it's not a bad movie. It is a good movie, but I don't get the hype. I don't see why people hype this movie up. Um, and Keanu Reeves' acting is fucking atrocious in this movie. Uh, he's not the greatest actor in the world. He is at most times just decent. Uh, is it a movie that you would watch again without having to watch it for the show? Uh, no, just because if I want to watch a Patrick Swayze movie, there's just better choices. You if like I want to watch it, uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Roadhouse, but I haven't watched it in maybe 15 plus years. I, uh, um, you're a dirty dancing kind of guy, aren't you? No, I'm a Tu Wong Fu and Outsiders kind of guy. Oh, Tu Wong Fu is so good. Tu we, Wong should, Fu we should do a show on that, bro. Is If you want to watch a movie where you have to see actors actually fucking act, Tu Wong Fu is that movie. It is a comedy gem that I don't think a lot of people have watched. Hell, I hadn't watched it until Reese made me watch it. And you know what? I've said through that movie three or four times in our relationship and it's fantastic the acting in it is phenomenal the storyline is great and it is absolutely a, a, a gem of a movie and if you want to see Patrick Swayze's ability to act that's the movie you watch yeah that movie was fucking great I'm surprised you and I never watched it because I've loved it since it came out you probably thought I was gay enough that I didn't need to be pushed over the ed edge <laughs> by the attractiveness of John Linguizamo. That's insane. Yes. That is insane. Especially How since my, good fa my favorite movie of his is The Pest. Oh. To go from that to Tu Wong Fu is insane to me. Can't do The Pest, man. Oh, I love The Pest. It's so good. Yeah, I can't do it. No, I, I, I tried to sit through it once. I don't really like it. Oh, when we start switching this up and do Kenneth hates something. It's not that I hate it. It's just that I just can't. I don't know. That, it's, like, you know, that I know is what my movies form. you're going to choose when it's Kenneth hates something. Yeah, but The Pest is my form of dumb comedy. Like, I don't like Dumb and Dumber. Okay, I do not like that movie. It is just stupid to me. 
but the pest is my type of stupid because it's 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 the slightly outside of the box stupid. I and guess that's why man. I like it. But then again, you know, fucking there's people out there that like Step Brothers, so. I don't mind Step Brothers, but I would it's never stupid. sit down and really watch it uh, on on choice. For fucking Borat. Uh, so, yeah, so I gave American Ninja a D, and I gave Point Break a C plus for this. Our next episode, whenever it comes out of this, this <laughs> little side cast we have, we already have the movies picked, and Jay will be on that one. And that will be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Predator and Tom Cruise's Top Gun. Now, yeah. the reason we chose Predator is to, if you heard episode 53 of Kill the Cast, where we talk about the blob, we started that off with basically what birthed uh, this show, me talking about RoboCop. And there, Kenneth brought up the fact that uh, if I think the, I think that the RoboCop doesn't really have that much of a story and it just pretends to, which Jay disagreed with. And then we got on the topic of Predator where Kenneth, where Jay had said that RoboCop has more story than I think it does. Kenneth said, said that Predator is the same way that it has more story than most people give it credit for. And both me and Jay disagreed with him. Which is odd, because I don't know how you look at RoboCop, think that has social commentary, but don't think that Predator has a story. So it had enough, RoboCop's got enough for where, I don't know if you saw it, but I picked up the fucking Blu-rays from Walmart. I, I don't think that's because it has a, a hardcore story, Kenneth. I think it's because you like seeing people get shot 200 times in a row. That may be, but <laughs> I still got them. So thanks uh, yes. to whoever it was that I, I can't uh, remember now. You know, that, it was it was it was someone on Twitter. Uh, his his Twitter name is Raiden. Um, hold up, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up real quick. Where's my search? Um, uh, his name is at Call Me Raiden on Twitter. That's at C A L L M E R A I D N. Shout out to you for telling Kenneth about the RoboCop at Walmart. As you can see, he went and spent his hard-earned money on it. So call me Raiden. Huge shout out to you. Everyone go follow him on Twitter. He is a delight. Apparently delight is my word of the day. Well, thank you. And, and thank you directly from me, sir, because I did. I actually uh, took that uh, tweet and I uh, I ran with it and picked them up last night, as a matter of fact. Yep. He put his money where your tweet is. Yeah. So, so appreciate um, that, dude. So, yeah, we would love feedback on what you think of these two movies, how you feel about me talking about these two movies. Do you think I was fair? Uh, I'm trying to be fair as I can, but I, I can't. I'm not going to fake liking a movie, but I am trying to be fair. I'm not I'm not going to like completely shit on them, even if they involve the worst ninjas to ever the worst ninjas in ninja dumb ever. I mean, These guys I, I, are literally the if they if ninjas lived in Russia during fascism, Joseph Stalin would have killed them for because he probably would have thought that they had an actual mental retardation. And as we know, uh, Joseph Stalin killed those kind of people. These ninjas would have been put to death. Yeah, but they all wore the same thing, except for the ones that wore red. Not true. 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 
But yeah, so by the way, you know, speaking of Russia, I watched that Tetris documentary. Oh, the one by the gaming historian? Yeah, that was pretty good. Do- actually. actually, before we started recording, I was watching his new episode on uh, Spyro the Dragon. I already watched it. I watched it last night. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I started watching that today. It made me really want to pay Spyro, but the HD collection doesn't come out till like September. I've never really gotten into Spyro. Even back in the day, I didn't really get into it. I really just want to make It's probably something I won't buy right away, but it's something that when it eventually drops to $15, $20, I'd probably pick up. Um, yeah, but it's... Uh, that goes into, you know, what I've always said. Like, you know me, man. I fucking absolutely hated the N64. So games that came out on PlayStation that kind of reminded me of the 64, even though the gaming engine was better than most of the games on the 64 for uh, for Spyro, I still didn't really care for games that look like that. Fair enough. Though I will say the N64 still had, out of that era's um, 3D polygon platformer games, Nintendo 64 still had the best one because none of them ever were better than Mario 64. Hmm. I don't um, know. I didn't really play Mario 64. I love Mario 64. Like I said, it's I played... I, 3D games I can play. I played it for like fucking 10 or 15 minutes when a buddy of mine got his 64 and I was like, this is stupid. And then yeah, I played I don't like, Star Wars. I don't like that playing was stupid 3D too. games. So I like my 2D games. But either way, we are off topic. So guys... <laughs> Thank you uh, for joining us. If you have suggestions for action movies I should watch, tell us and we'll we'll put it in the consideration box. Kenneth picked these two movies. Uh, American Ninja 2 he picked out of his nostalgic love for it. And Point Break he picked because he honestly thought that I might like it. And our upcoming show, I, like I explained, we're doing Predator because of the conversation with RoboCop. And we're doing Top Gun because I don't like Top Gun. I have never liked Top Gun. Um, and funny enough, my first AOL screen name back in the very early 90s on that AOL uh, 1.0 was actually Top Gun uh, 14. My dad made the screen name for me. I did not. Oh. Um Maybe that's part of the reason why I hate Top Gun. But we're gonna watch Top Gun. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch it on Laserdisc, Kenneth. Nice, nice. I think that's um, pretty. Bad. Well, we need to do Romancing the Stone, even though you like it. See, but I like adventure movies. I don't like. I, I think there's a clear difference between an adventure movie is an action movie with story. Yeah. See, I've got both of those too. I like those movies. Um. So yeah, like we said. If you have ones you want me to tackle, let us know. Let us know how you like this uh, format. We were going to do this as one movie segments on Kill the Cast, but uh, some people don't want action movies in their horror podcast. We're going to respect that um, and and put it as a sideshow that we're just going to do every once in a while. So you guys let us know. The upcoming Kill the Cast show will be... Uh, Horror Coliseum Volume 2 for Freddy vs. Jason, and that'll be Friday the 13th Part 2 versus A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 featuring Alex Edwards of the Married with Children podcast. And the next under, and then after that will be Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space as we take on Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, the 90s version uh, that would be Heisei. And um, sometime after that, we'll be looking at doing. Uh, an episode on Brain Scan, and then directly into Horror Coliseum Freddy vs. Jason's Volume 3, where we will look at the Part 3s. Kenneth, you got anything uh, you want to say to the people out there? 
Um, other than, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who listen to this one, um, we appreciate it because, you know, we're just trying to branch out and do a couple of little different things and, uh, you know, uh, see if y'all think that our conversations are interesting on stuff that isn't just horror because, uh, you know, any, anybody that knows anything about the three of us knows that, you know, horror is not our main thing. Uh, we all have different tastes when it comes to movies outside of the horror genre, um, so I appreciate y'all listening. Yeah, we we are definitely people that are that don't do just horror. We 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 venture out into many many other genres. Um, in fact, later today I might watch a uh, Ray Harryhausen Sinbad movie. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think I'm gonna finish. I think I'm gonna finish Jumper when I get off the uh, get off of here with you. And then, damn, I don't know what I'll watch later. I got some cleaning I need to do. So I, I picked up ya. Lucy on Blu-ray, by the way. Is that the Scarlett Johansson one? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that had an interesting premise. Yeah, I liked it. And the cool thing about it is, is like Walmart's got these fucking Walmart's always doing these weird fucking covers to re-release movies. And uh this one is like it's like green and gray. Like the the oh. Yeah, like the Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman's in green, and it's like a bright fucking green. And then the word Lucy's in green, and then fucking Scarlett Johansson's face on the cover is in green, and the rest of the fucking case is gray. Well, that sounds fucking weird. It is, but it looks cool. So, And I figured, well, fuck, it was only fucking seven bucks. So I picked it there up. There you go. All right, guys, we are out of here. Thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode. And... We will catch you next time, whether you're checking out us for Horror on Kill the Cast, for Japanese science sci-fi giant monster movies on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, or you're like, God damn it, Jerry, why do you hate action movies and you're here on this channel or this episode, whatever it is. Either way, we are out. Thank you for joining us. We love you. See you next time. All right, all right. Welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, Dave, Dave, hold the phone there, man. This isn't a show. It's a promo. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Wait, a a porno? With just the three of us? Well, I guess I'm game if you guys are. No, 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 you idiot. A promo. Oh, promo. I, I knew that. I was just cracking wise. Okay, can we do this now? Ah, wait, looks like I lost my notes. What are we gonna do? Of course, okay, look, I'll, I'll handle this. Alright everybody, I'm Christian, you may know me from TJF13, this guy over here, that's Dave Z, you may know him from Banana Laser, The Skeleton Crew, the ABCs of Hidden Horror, and this guy, this guy over here, that's Brandon. That's Brandon? That's it? That sucks, man. Yeah, what the hell's with that? There's nothing else you can say? No, not really. Well, he's quick with a joke. Or a light of your smoke. Ugh. But there's some place that I'd rather be. Ah, who cares about us? Let's say something about the cast. Okay, cool. We're the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. We review, dissect, critique, and make fun of horror movies new and old. Sounds a little bit cliche, but I guess it's okay. Dave, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of our big shows, like the 40 Years of Horror, our Top 50 Slashers, even our classic format of pairing a new and an old movie together. Yeah, and how I have to edit like three, four hour shows twice a month just because we watch and review so damn much. Yeah, and how we do feature length reviews, shorter length, round robin reviews, top 20 topics, and a lot of fun interaction with listeners. That about covers it. All right, sounds good, guys. 
I knew we could do it. Tell the fine folks out there where to find us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast can be found on Horrorophilia.com, the Horrorophilia Network, LegionPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere that fine podcasts are heard. All right, that's a wrap. Now, guys, tell me, what's the deal with this uh, porno? Are you the caboose or the engine? Them's the jokes, folks. <laughs> <laughs>